Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this 67th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include comedian Roy Wood Jr. We'll be talking about his podcast, Roy's Job Fair. We'll also visit with Art Bell and Vinny Fivali about their constant comedy podcast. We'll visit with country singer and songwriter Noah Garner. He's got a new single, video, and EP to talk about, Spring Breakdown. And we'll also visit with John Wayne Hatfield. He's got a new single, Growing Up Too Fast. We'll also talk about his EP and social media accounts as well. If you would, please take the time to subscribe, comment, leave some feedback, check out the shop, and share with your friends. Now, there's a good chance that this guy is going to jail, but what a ride. A guy in Catanzaro, Italy, is under investigation for skipping work, but still getting paid for 15 years. Now, the guy was working at a government hospital, and back in 2005, he just stopped going. And he may have threatened his boss to keep her from filing a report against him. Now, she never said anything, and then she retired. And the person who replaced her never noticed there was this guy on the payroll collecting checks without showing up for more than a decade. Now, the guy wound up getting around $650,000 over the 15 years. Now, someone finally noticed this year, and now the police are looking at him for fraud and extortion. He's been on with us a few times before, and uh, this time around, going to be talking podcasting with our good friend, comedian Roy Wood Jr. And uh, Roy, first off, thank you so much for your time, brother. Appreciate you for opening your airwaves to me. And I apologize for not being there in studio with you, but that's coming soon. I'm back on the road. I've got two of the three vaccines. I'm trying to collect the whole set. And <laughs> I'm back out there, bro. Now, tell us about the, the podcast. When did this come for you and uh, putting your brand of humor on uh, work, work-related uh, podcast? Tell us about that. Because here's the thing, man. Work is something relatable. It doesn't matter who you are, what age you are. You're either trying to find work, you are enjoying work, or you're trying to retire from working. So that's the life cycle. And so I figured out that there should be a way or a place where people can come to get ideas about new industries that they may want to pivot to, you know, because sometimes you have the idea, but you don't know the how. So you get a guest that can answer those questions and you may be happy with your job, but here's a job you didn't know something about. So now you get to learn more about what other people are going through or you just have a boss that you can't stand and you caught him <laughs> having sex with the cashier in the deep freezer. And that's the reason why you were working the front counter by yourself. <laughs> and this is the place for you to come and tell that story. That's a real story, by the way. That's an episode on the job fair guy. I'm not going to name the establishment, <laughs> but sometimes when your food takes a while, it's because they be banging in the back. <laughs> now, Roy, being a, a comedian, how when when you started the podcast, how much different does the actual job market look than than last time you were actually in the job market, if you will? The last time I was in the job market, you still mailed your resumes. Like <laughs> I this. You could email it, but you were better off mailing it because you knew they opened it. Everyone <laughs> opens their mail because the curiosity kills you. But email, for whatever reason, you can just delete. You can put to the side. Nah, I'm not looking at that. 
you know, my last proper job, you know, I'd say with the paycheck and, you know, pay stub was radio. And I got fired from there in 2012. Don't be afraid. Your job is safe. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, other than that, it's been TV and entertainment stuff, of course. But, you know, in terms of just an actual every two weeks, I get my check, I get my benefits, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it was radio. And when I came into radio in 2001, when I got out of college, you were still like literally like like I would mail VHS tapes of my news reporting <laughs> that I'd done from the like your reel, as they call it. I would yep. send my reel and it was still VHS because I couldn't afford a damn DVD burner yet. I was trying to, but I didn't have the money. So I would set up two VCRs. I would double deck two VCRs and run the AV wires and I would make dubs of my VHS reel and I would mail that out with my resume and my headshot and my reference sheet. <laughs> <laughs> now I hear you put your resume online and your resume ain't got the three keys. They don't even see the resume. Like it literally doesn't even appear in their stack. The algorithm is a beast. But that's where we are. This last year with COVID, with pandemic, with uh, quarantining and all that, how much has that in uh, in your podcast? Have you found that that has affected folks' uh, ability or maybe even want to to get out there looking for a job? Yeah, I think that it can beat you down on your thoughts and... And, you know, I just want to make sure that the show has the beacon to other people to let you know, hey, look, there's other people out there hustling. Look at this person. She got it. We spoke with a woman who opened a boutique in the middle of a pandemic. Who, you know, do that? Who doubles down? The rent's low. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to get myself a brick and mortar store at a time when local mandates won't even allow people wow. into my brick and mortar. Like the COVID restrictions wouldn't even allow her to hire the painting crew she needed. So she painted it herself. So there are people out there that are pushing and that are trying. And if you're looking for that and you're looking for ideas, it's the place to come. And if you also want to hear a story about the time a mail carrier delivered a letter to a crack house. Good times. <laughs> there are good stories to be told on the job fair. Now, Roy, what's been the biggest challenge of, of starting a podcast? Uh, obviously, it seems like everybody has a podcast these days. What's the, what's the biggest challenge for you? The biggest challenge in starting a podcast was trying to find something that exists that didn't exist yet. What's the idea that no one else is doing? And I, you know, I started looking at the employment, the realm of employment, and there was nothing funny to me in there, um, or at least not enough funny stuff. Right. I don't want to speak ill of a podcast I may not be aware of, but for the most part, when it came to finding jobs and looking for jobs, it was very buttoned down. And today in employment news, the job market, when, like they always talk about the market, but they never talk about specifics. Talk to me specifically, bro. Where can I go look for a job? Oh, hey, the postal service is hiring still right now as we speak. And in a lot of places, you could work up to 70 hours at time and a half and double time if you want. There's an idea, <laughs> you know, and it's just it's just ideation. You know, there's also companies, you know, we also uh, the thing that I really love is that we have an opportunity to explore workforce development because a lot of us don't pivot because we don't have the training and you don't have time to go back to school. So you keep doing what you have to do 
to survive. Well, there's companies out there, bro. There's companies that will literally pay you to learn the stuff on your own time, on your own computer, at your own pace. And then you can go grab your tech job. (laughs) So there's places that can teach you where you can teach yourself. You'd be surprised how many people work in the Silicon Valley, all that techie tech nerd culture that we love to call nerd culture. A lot of those people are self-taught, self-taught. So you can, if they can do it, you can need time and a plan. And so that's what we try to help people come up with. And somewhere in the middle of that, we tell stories about people having sex in a deep freeze. <laughs> now, Roy, what's been the biggest technical thing you've had to, to learn and uh, master over the last year, my friend? Oh, damn. That's a good question. Um, camera wiring has probably been <laughs> like, in <and> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Camera wiring. I also discovered I need a better computer to do all of this camera stuff that I want to do. Um, But it took me about a month and a half to really get a grasp on, all right, this camera, these cords, but this app does this. But to control the camera, I need a remote that syncs to the camera. So I need to turn on the Wi-Fi to the camera. How do I turn on Wi-Fi? On a ca- right, I need this camera to talk to my, all right, I got to download the app that communicates with the camera. And then that app has an update, but then the camera freezes if I use that app with this thing. Oh, okay, I got to close some stuff on my computer. Too many things open. Like learning that, that Jerry rig of everything it, that took a little bit of time, but once I figured that out, I was okay. And then I added a teleprompter to the, well, I didn't, Viacom added a teleprompter to the mix. Because that's the other thing. The Daily Show is still sending lights and green screen equipment and all this other stuff to the house that we need. And, you know, learning all of that, just the camera. I, I know where to point the camera. I know how to record. I know how to do editing. But the actual okay this camera with this light at this setting does this now where you're using a green screen you should use this lens with (laughs) this wire to go to this device and so that's probably been the hardest thing with podcasting it's just figuring out how to make it look good so that people actually want to watch it that's the that's the thing for podcasting, especially for us uh, the, us radio guys. It's uh, it, it's a bit different, but uh, it's it's a great innovation. Roy, again, I want to make sure and let folks know where they can find more information, uh, where they can subscribe to the podcast, and and keep up with everything you're going on as well. iHeartRadio app is that simple. We're on there. You'll be home free. All right. Well, Roy Wood Jr., always great to visit with you, my friend. Check out his podcast, uh, the jo- Roy's Job Fair. And uh, Roy, good to visit with you. Hopefully we can catch up again real soon, brother. Done deal. See you. Well, happy Earth Day, everyone. Did you know it's over 50 years old now? Yeah, a guy from Iowa named John McConnell came up with it in 1969 and the first Earth Day happened a year later in 1970. So, are you doing anything good for the planet today? Well, it doesn't have to be a chore. A recent survey asked people to name the top eco-friendly things they do that make them proud or spark joy. Now, here are 10 things we actually enjoy doing. Number one, recycling. Rinsing it out first also made the list. Number two, turning off lights when you leave a room. Number three, 
remembering to take reusable bags with you to the store. Number four, flattening cardboard boxes. Number five, bringing a reusable water bottle with you to avoid using plastic. Number six, walking or biking somewhere instead of driving. Number seven, avoiding single-use items in general. Number eight, donating clothes or other items so someone else can use them again. Number nine, eating the food you bought at the store without wasting any. And number 10, grow your own produce or just herbs if you don't have a big yard. Our next guest is a country singer, songwriter, and a friend of the show as well, Noah Garner. And Noah, always good to visit with you, brother. Man, thank you so much for having me back on. And uh, I know you got some exciting news, got a, a new video to go along with the new single, the EP, all of that. Noah, what, uh, what, what's been occupying your time of late? Man, honestly, we've just been in the studio a lot lately, trying to finish up uh, some more music that we're going to be putting out later this year. Uh, we've been focusing a, a whole lot on, on this new release that we just put out, the Spring Break Town EP and the single Spring Break Town. And, and we uh, filmed the video uh, for the uh, Spring Break Town single this past month, and that was super fun. So we've been doing that a, a lot, and we just put that out. Um, we just had the YouTube premiere and that was super duper fun. Uh, and it's like in, in two days, it's already up to like 10,000 views. So, so far so good on that. And that's kind of what's been going on in, in, in this world. lately. Since last time we've talked, things have started to open up a little bit. And for you, how is the, how's the schedule looking going forward into 2021? Man, it's uh slowly, but surely packing fuller and fuller. We're, uh, I did a, uh, show over in Gatlinburg, uh, at the old red over there and that was super fun and uh they're gonna have us back over there in may three different dates uh we're looking down in florida some we're doing some stuff in uh uh indiana a little bit we're going out to um colorado in october for pumpkin and pilsners out there slowly but surely it's filling up and then when we're in town i mean uh, me and my band are working like four or five days a week downtown broadway so now with the schedule starting to fill up and you and your days filling up a little bit more, Noah, how has the songwriting been as of late? It's funny, man. You would think it, it would slow down being busier, but it really has. And I was actually just working on a new one uh, this morning, uh, right before we hopped on this call. I just had this thing sitting here on my desk uh, at the house and had to get an idea down. It, it doesn't really stop. It seems like it actually is getting a, a bit uh, a bit more, uh, I wouldn't say easier, but a bit more uh, often, I guess, would be a, a better word because it's, it's coming more naturally. The creative process is kind of happening more often because there's more stuff going on, you know? The more life you live, the more you have to talk about. <laughs> right. Now, as this last year has been, I know we've all learned how to do things remotely. And has that helped you kind of be more of a songwriter on the go as the schedule picks up as well? Oh, absolutely. I think the the cool thing about uh, coming out of all this stuff on the other side as we as things open back up is now everybody has so many options. It's It's fun because I can write something you know i i can do something here at my house and uh you know i've got a gig later on today downtown and uh this idea is one that i want to pass on to a buddy of mine uh named hillbilly rob you know you know i can send what i have 
in a voice recording and be like, hey, this is what I got. Here's the chords. Here's a chart. You know, we can share a document on our phones where we both can edit the note together in real time. So it's just so cool, man, because I can go to work and send it over. And, you know, if I get a break while I'm at work, I can see what he's done on my phone while he's, you know, wherever he's at doing what he does and writing songs at the same time. And there's, it's just so cool to watch. And then it, it brings another aspect to um, songwriting in the way of you get a lot less cancellations now. Right. You know what I mean? People, a lot less people going, oh, man, I'm so sorry I can't make it. And then you lose out on on the, the right. A lot of people be like, hey, you know, I can't make it, but we can FaceTime or I can give you a Zoom call or, hey, can we hop on, you know, a Skype or anything? I mean, you know, you got so many apps nowadays that do so many different things and it's really it, it, it's helped a lot it connected a lot of people now with all the social media picking up what is what's been the easiest for you social media wise and which which has been the most difficult for you to keep up with oh tiktok is by far the, the most difficult i'll tell you that <laughs> I, I, it's, i'm just i don't know man i think I, I love watching the way social media grows and how, and how it grows. And TikTok is such an integral part of that. And I wish I was better at it because there's so many of my friends that are killing it. And I'm just not uh, not quite up to speed, man. I'm just not sure how how to get better at it. So I'd say that's, that's the hardest. Um, and then the easiest, I don't think any of it's really easy because there's, it's, you know, you're trying to appeal to audiences that you don't know yet. You know, and social media is a good way to for people that like you to connect. But it's also a really interesting uh, way to connect with people that you haven't met yet or have, don't know you or haven't seen a show or haven't been to Nashville. or You know, there's so many ways to connect. I think Facebook, for me, because I hopped on the, the train so early uh, when I was younger, I think Facebook is more like I'm I'm more efficient with it because I kind of understand it better. Uh, so in, in a sense that makes it easier. Um, but I mean, I love Instagram too. Instagram is super fun and easy for me too, because I like, I feel like it's the most, uh, straightforward app. Like it's, I can post a picture and I know how to type words so I can, I can do that. <laughs> I, I can do it. Got that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's the way I would have to describe it. I'm, I'm more efficient in those because uh, I don't think any of, any of it's truly easy. <laughs> now the the EP Spring Breakdown, the single, the video, and all that. Tell our listeners just the story behind the single and and how you wrapped the EP and everything all up in one. Yeah, uh, so um, we when we were looking at 2021 as, as a full year. And looking at the music we were trying to put out, um, eventually there will be 12 songs that tell a what we like to call the pieces of me story. Um, and it's one of those things where uh, when we were looking at that and we we're looking how to piece them together these fun little stories came up together. You know, we started noticing that, Oh, these, 
group of songs sounded good together. This group of songs sounded good together. This group of songs sounded good together. And we changed that order around probably 12 times. <laughs> and because there's so many rich stories, all, all the stories and all these songs are real life stories that things I've either said, done, uh, you know, just real life things. And so the spring breakdown EP tells a, a, a kind of fun story of a guy that's in love. Oh, I got to get to you. You know, I got to get to this girl flying down 65 to the second song spring breakdown, which, you know, is that, that beach side love story, you know, that, that, that fire that burns super, super hot, super, super fast. And then it's gone because it's a temporary trip. You know what I mean? Everybody has to go home eventually. So it tells that story. And then in the video, um, I had a wonderful actress from, from New Jersey come down. Uh, her name's Damara. I, I absolutely loved uh, working with her. Uh, in the video, we try to tell that story, that story of, you know, that, that girl, that love, and that everybody's got that spring breakdown. It may not be Panama City Beach like it is for me, for everybody, but, you know, it's somewhere, something, somebody has, you know, you have that thing. And, and the video, I think, really shows that it's really fun. It highlights all the places in Panama City that, like, I, I grew up going to and having so much fun there. Uh, and then as you go, cover-up tattoo is this real story, you know? And, and we actually have a video for that coming out. Um eventually that we filmed uh down there as well and that tells a really funny story that kind of love story you meet a girl at a bar you get drunk you get her name on your arm because you're just feeling yourself that night you gotta go get it covered up and then uh gonna drink again man is probably my all-time favorite on that on that ep because i feel like we all have had those days and those hangovers where we go oh Oh no, I'm never gonna. I can't do it. I just can't. And then you inevitably go out the next weekend and do it all over again. You know that's that's what that song's about. And I've definitely done that enough times in my life to to just speak on it. You know, so um, yeah, that's kind of just the whole thing of how it came to be. We just wanted to tell fun stories of, of life and they all kind of lined up together around that crazy weekend in spring break town. Now for you, how hard has it been to maybe hold back as you, the expectations of the release? I mean, how hard is it for you to, to keep that energy pent up before the release date comes out? Man, there's nothing worse. I'll tell you what, I'm the most impatient man alive, probably. Uh, and so I, it drives it drives me up the walls because the second we do something, I want to show everybody, you know what I mean? I want to tell everybody. I want to be like, look what we did. Look how it goes. And then you realize later that it's, you, it's better to hold off and it's better to build that suspense because people really want to listen, you know, and 
when they want to listen, Michael Jackson called it sizzle moments. You know what I mean? There's, it's when you let things simmer, sizzle, and build. Man, it just hits different when it when you finally get that thing. And I think that's kind of the best part of it in a weird way. As much as it drives me up the wall, even in shows, man, like the best part of a show to me is like right before I start singing. There's that split second where like the world stops, you know? And that's what it feels like every time you put something out, especially if you hold on to it for a long time. Like we held on to got to get to you for like three years, you know? And that's a long time to have a song and, and have it done and ready and just wait on it, you know? But when it came out, it, it came out the way it was, we feel like it was supposed to. And in a lot of ways too, as hard as it may be to wait, it's also easy in a way because me and my family always talk about how it's God's time and not ours. And so I get a lot of peace in that. So it drives me up the wall. <laughs> I, it makes <laughs> I, I, I'm so impatient, but I will say it is the most beautiful thing when it finally does come out because it makes it all worth it. That's right. Uh, when, when the timing is right. Uh, uh, now, again, the anthem, the video, the EP, all of that information, Noah will want to make sure and let our listeners know where they can keep up with all that, plus upcoming uh, tour dates and uh, social media as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah, go check out the Spring Break County EP. It's where you can get all your music, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon Music, um, YouTube. As it, uh, we just dropped, we did our YouTube premiere two days ago for the Spring Break Town video. Go check that out. Um, we really love it. Shout out to Minimal City Beach. Uh, shout out to everybody that was a part of it. Um, all the wonderful team. I love you guys. Uh, I hope if you're listening that you go uh, watch it and see all the hard work that uh, not only that we put into the, to, to the song, but what the team that put that together, that video made me really feel like a superstar and I really want to shout them out. Three Park Films, go check them out. They do incredible work. Um, yeah, other than that, guys, go check us out. com has all upcoming show dates on it, all of it. Um, anything from in-town Nashville, downtown Broadway, to anything coming up outside of town. Um, yeah, NoahGarnerMusic.com, Noah Garner Music, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, even even though I'm bad at it, you can watch me try to all and be cool on TikTok. We actually have a really cool series that we do on there called uh, "Why I Do What I Do," where we highlight um, some of the cool uh, interactions that I've had with um, a lot of special fans and and veterans and things like that. That just you know, it shows why and what I believe makes me push and why I do what I do. And so uh, we have that series going on over there. So go check that out. Other than that, uh, go listen to the Spring Break County EP. Tell me what your favorite song is. Um, be on the lookout for more new music coming out from us this year. We have a ton for y'all. And I'm super excited um, for the next time we get to talk. Noah, it is always great to visit with you, brother. And uh, love the energy that you have and the excitement. And uh, we're, it, it builds the excitement. Like you said, it brings the sizzle out, right? Right. <laughs> that sizzle now. Well, uh, again, Noah Garner, check out his music. Uh, go visit the website. That's got the links to everything. And Noah, look forward to talking again real soon, brother. 
Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Now, I guess if you find the perfect spot for your wedding, you do what it takes to book it. Or in this case, not book it, but use it anyway. Well, on Saturday, a guy named Courtney Wilson and a woman named Shanita Jones were getting married in Southwest Ranches, Florida. And they threw their wedding at an amazing mansion with a pool, gazebo, tennis courts, hot tub, and 800-foot bar. There was just one problem. They didn't actually book that mansion because it's not a wedding venue. Now, the guy who owns it has been trying to sell it for two years for $5.7 million. Courtney toured the place a while back pretending he was interested in buying it and then asked the owner if he could hold his wedding there. The owner said no. Well, Courtney must have thought the owner didn't live there because he and Shanita put the address on the invitations and planned to hold the entire wedding weekend there. But when people started showing up to set up the wedding on Saturday, the owner was there. He wound up having to call the cops saying, quote, I have people trespassing on my property. They say they're having a wedding here and it's God's message. Now the cops came and the wedding party cleared out. No charges were filed. Art Bell, along with Vinny Favalli, and a new podcast to talk about, the Constant Comedy Podcast. And first off, Art and Vinny, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Great to be here. Thank you for having us. Now, Art, tell us uh, where the podcast idea started. Was it as a work? Uh, did it go hand in hand kind of with, uh, with the book idea as well? Yeah, exactly. I wrote the book, which was published uh, late last year. Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. It's a memoir. And, of course, Vinny is in the book all over the place. And so Vinny and I were, you know, we were talking a lot, and we realized it's the 30th anniversary of Comedy Central, and we have to do something about it to celebrate. So we decided to do the Constant Comedy Podcast. Now, Vinny, the podcast idea, what was what was your initial reaction, and, and how excited were you by the response from the idea of uh, possible guests coming up as well? I was very excited. First, it, it just got me working with Art. Art and I know each other for such a long time and being uh, having this opportunity to spend some quality time talking about comedy with each other and then with some of the people that we've worked with over the years. It's been terrific. And Art, for you, what do you think is the biggest misconception uh, of putting out comedy that uh, the general public may have that you guys kind of uh, cut through the lies, if you will? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's, it's one of the reasons I wrote the book. People thought and think that Comedy Central was launched fully formed and completely successful from the get-go. It was not. I, you know, our first year, I went to work every day thinking, okay, today's the day they're going to shut us down. We really had to fight to keep Comedy Channel and then Comedy Central going in the early days. And Vinny, for you, obviously working as a producer on on so many different uh, comedy ventures as well, what has is there anything that maybe sticks out as to to why comedy for you and uh, and the production side? Uh, it, it, comedy is universal. You know, it's it's incredible. I grew up. My parents are from Italy, so I'm first generation here, and and it, it's pretty amazing to think that we would be watching TV growing up. And, and at the time, I didn't think about it, but now I do, and I'm like, wow. But they didn't even speak English, my parents, right? 
I was just learning because I was a kid. But uh, we're all laughing at Abbott and Costello and Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis movies on TV. And that was a, an amazing revelation to think that we could have all of that in common. It's very similar to music. It's a, it's a universal bond. So when you get it right, it's, it's incredible because it can pull people together. And Art, the podcast launched on the 1st, and I want to let our listeners know about some of the upcoming guests that you've got coming up on the, in the next couple of weeks. Well, importantly, we have Kevin Murphy. Kevin was one of the original writers of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which went on to fame on Comedy Central and several other networks and is about to make another comeback. So talking to Kevin Murphy is really exciting. Also, we're going to have Jonathan Katz, who uh, was on uh, Dr. Katz, professional therapist, an award-winning show that featured so many great comedians, stand-up comedians at the time. Uh, and and we've had Gail Berman. Yep, she's right, on the Gail, Yep, Gail Berman. Uh, who, we gave her her first job at, in television. She tells a story about I didn't know anything about television. She went on um, the head of Paramount Pictures, the head of Fox uh, Fox Television. I mean, she's had just a brilliant career. That's been part of the fun of talking to all these people, finding out what happened to them after comedy. For you, Vinny, what is maybe one of the projects that you worked on that maybe was kind of questioned in the in the beginning, but then blew up? And uh, what's that like to see something that you don't know how it's going to end to see it come to fruition? Oh, well, I think uh, a great example of that is something that Art and I worked on together. Uh, nobody really knew who Comedy Channel was at the time or Comedy Central, and the few that did were not giving us great reviews. And I remember one afternoon with some other executives that we worked with, we came up with this idea that um, to make a little noise and maybe get in some good trouble was to, to cover the State of the Union speech with President Bush Sr. Uh, live. And, and you have to remember, we were just reruns of old stuff, right? And here we are proposing this idea to do a live coverage of the president's speech, which, of course, is not funny, but have an Al Franken and some other comedians, including a very young John Stewart and Dennis Leary, offer commentary throughout the president's speech. And our, I think that put us on the map. Like we knew something good was going to come of it, but we didn't realize just how big. Yeah, the, that was the first time the press looked up and said, hey, you know what? This comedy network is doing things that are really special, and everybody ought to take a look. And, and guys, the, the landscape over the last year, I mean, how appreciative are you that uh, that you're not having to deal with the technology that uh, producers are having to deal with to put things together these days? Oh, uh, the competition. Yeah, you're competing with people's telephones. I, have you watched TikTok lately? That, that It's a the production value of what people are doing, and very young people at that, I'm so happy I'm not competing with that. Now, Art, for you, do you think do you think that social media and the technology is making comedy easier, or does, do you think it's maybe making so many laughs out there that to get a real laugh out of somebody is a little bit more challenging than it once was? Well, you know what? I, I, when we put Comedy Channel together, it took millions and millions of dollars to start a channel. About 15 years later, I commented to somebody, you know, in the early 2000s, you know, a kid could put a channel out of his garage at this point. And that's exactly what ended up happening. Is it a good thing? Yeah, I think it's a great thing because, you know, listen, when I was a kid, I loved comedy. If I could could have gotten out there with somebody when I was 14 years old, that would have been great. I couldn't. But now, now kids can and people can start their careers 
on, you know, with very little money and, and become famous. That's how talent is being discovered these days. It's great. That's right. And again, Art and Davini, I want to make sure not only let folks know where to find out about the podcast, but also follow the socials as well. And Art, I'll, uh, I'll let you go first. Okay, well, you can find out more about me, see some of my writing, and find out about my book and where to buy it, which is Amazon.com, basically, uh, at ArtBellWriter.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, and uh, please come and visit you know, through my, through my socials. That'd, that'd be great. You can find me at ZinniFavali.com, and uh, you can hear our podcast, Constant Comedy Podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are freely downloaded. There you go. Well, Art and Vinny, I truly appreciate you guys taking some time out of your schedule this morning. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week and uh, looking forward to the new episodes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now, has the internet figured out an even better way to make bacon? Well, people on TikTok say yes. And it might be even easier than how you do it now, but there's a twist, as in an actual twist. They claim that if you twist your bacon into a corkscrew shape before you cook it, you'll end up with the crispiest and chewiest bacon you've ever had. One person asked how it can be crispy and chewy, and the response was, just try it. Now first, take raw bacon and twist each slice into a corkscrew shape, then put it on a rack in a baking sheet. Toss it in the oven at 375 for 30 to 35 minutes and enjoy. Our final guest on the episode today, country singer, songwriter, uh, social media influencer. Uh, who would have thought that would have been added in there? John Wayne Hadfield on with us today. And uh, first off, is it John? John Wayne, what, what do you want me to call you, brother? Man, uh, this last year has been crazy. Everybody's been going with John Wayne until uh, this whole music thing took off. Um, I never used Wayne at all. And everybody wanted to start calling me John Wayne. So it's been a habit. So. <laughs> Whatever anybody goes with, right? Yeah, exactly. It's either John Wayne or John Wayne Hatfield. Everybody just says that. <laughs> well, now, now the single "Growing Up Too Fast" uh, out now, and what's it like trying to put a new single out in the midst of everything we're going through? But through, um, I I don't know what it's like putting a single out before this. So I mean, like. <laughs> It's just all new to me. So putting a single out right now is it's the same as I've ever done it. So, um, I mean, social media has been a blessing to me in disguise. Uh, it's been a blessing in disguise to a lot of musicians. So I would say putting a single out right now is easy. It's, it's not as easy as it ever been, but I don't know what it's been like before. <laughs> now you talked social media and TikTok obviously has blown up and, and a lot of country artists. And, and I don't think a lot of folks saw that coming. What was your original intent when you got on TikTok in the first place? It was not what it was today. Uh, uh, my original intent was just, Hey, you know, maybe, maybe I'll get a few more fans. Maybe I'll, maybe this music thing could actually work, you know, maybe. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, it just started getting a lot of views, like a lot of views. And I was like, maybe this will work, you know, maybe, maybe. And then it just got into, um, let's make this a lifestyle. Let's do it. And it just turned in from there. Now, what, what is the recipe? I've heard uh, so many country artists that, uh, some of them have struggled with it. Some of them, I mean, you just have, do you have a concept coming in? Is that what it is? It's seriously just be yourself. Nobody else. And, uh, You'll do fine. It, it, 
it's just about posting good content, um, you know, relatable content and, uh, being yourself mostly don't try to don't go out there and be somebody else just literally stick true to your roots and you'll be fine now obviously social media has helped get some music out there but writing new music has <coughs> that been a bit of a challenge finding inspiration for that or has it maybe uh you've you found more inspiration this last year i have written more music than i have ever in the last year um you know, I just started getting into all these Nashville rights and uh, all these uh, co-writes with people down in Nashville. So, I mean, I just came home from Nashville two days ago. No, you know, it, it's it's been such a cool eight months for me. Not even a year yet. It's been an eight months doing this, <laughs> and uh, it's been so amazing to, from where I never thought I'd be to where I am today. Now, what was what was your vision? eight months ago what what was uh what was younger uh i guess probably just john hatfield at the time what 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 was his eyes thinking what normal job am i gonna work <laughs> and i was like <laughs> i don't want to i, I want i want to write music and i wanted like can is it possible you know it was like no it's not it's not possible that's what i kept thinking and you know thanks to all these fans and all these supporters that have given me so much love on my music career and it's not funny and people like you you know cameron you guys contact me and everything like this you know and you guys give me so much support on it and then um it just turns into maybe i can maybe maybe it'll work out you know now who was it that was even when you're going through those times where you're doubting yourself who was it that was always in your corner always in my corner uh for the last year has been my manager stacy and the eight months, it's been uh, my producer, Ed, but the person that's been in my corner for the, my whole life is my grandpa, my grandma that uh, I lost recently, uh, and uh, my brother. You know, they've been in my, uh, they've been in my corner for my whole life. Now, what, what music inspires you to write? Is it, is it country? Is it classic rock? Uh, do, do, what, what music do you have maybe uh, in the earbuds as you're getting ready to go in on a write? Well, you know, I mean, like, uh, to write, I mean, you know, I started out on when I was, when I was a kid, really ever sees this to me, but like when I was a kid, I started out on rock. I started out like Alice in Chains, Sublime, you know, like Metallica, stuff like that. And, um, I instantly transferred over to new country. I never, ever got introduced to the older side of country. Like I never got introduced to that side. Um, it was the newer country and the storytelling that really got me into, uh, you know, wanting to play country and getting into country back then. And, you know, like it got me into the point where I was like, man, I really love the storytelling side of this newer country. And I was like, I want to do country. And, you know, that's what really happened. So I was 14. It just got me into the writing and everything. of it. <laughs> now, what's the hardest part of the writing process for you? God, the hardest part of a writing process, um, feeling out a story. Um, you know, the hardest part is, uh, making sure that you're trying to tell a story the correct way and that, you know, from your verses and your choruses, uh, the story comprehends and all like, and all the ways that you want to make it comprehend and you want to be able to make it connect with, you know, thousands of people. So that's probably the hardest part is making it connectable with not just yourself, but a thousand people out there. Now, what songwriters, uh, who are the songwriters that maybe have uh, you've had the opportunity to work with and uh, glean a little bit of the craft from? 
Uh, so far, um, I haven't got to work with honestly too many people uh, yet. Uh, I got to work with a guy named Connor Sweet. Connor Sweet, and uh, man, he he uh, he's a writer for Given Entertainment, and uh, man, he's a he's a great writer. Good kid. Uh, he's, a, he's a great writer, man. Uh, even better person, you know. Uh, he has such a good stage preference, and you know, he has a great voice. Um, I look forward to writing some more hits with him. So that's cool. Now, if folks want to uh, to to know more about not only your socials, uh, the the music, uh, upcoming tour dates, as those become available, uh, where where's the best place for folks to to keep up with everything? You know, my socials. Uh, it's a big thing. TikTok is kind of where I'm posting my new music and everything like that. So, like uh, coming out right now, I got called watching over me it's coming out april 30th and i got one coming out on mother's day it's called strong woman uh it's if you want to find out my shows and everything about music um mostly my instagram and my website everything is john wayne hatfield but there's no h in john but everything is john wayne hatfield on all social medias and my uh website is john wayne so everything that you need to find is probably on my instagram or my website now, how is this? How is the schedule going? Are you are you starting to see some bookings? Starting to see some things filling in? Uh, yeah. I mean, I play a lot around my hometown. I play I play a lot of places around here. So, uh, if you're in Ohio, come watch the show. It's a great time. And uh, right now, I'm only doing. I'm, I'm going to do a lot of acoustic stuff. So, uh, um, we got a lot of shows coming up. Now, what part of Ohio are you from? It's near. Uh, it's about. It's it's. A little bit from Cincinnati, about 30 minutes, but uh, it's by Milford, Anderson, and all that area. That's where, right where I'm at. Now, who are the, the first country artists that you got turned on to? <laughs> you talked about turning over into new country. Who were those new country artists that, you, that that grabbed your attention? Oh, God. I mean, if you want me to tell me the truth, if you want me to tell the truth, the first song I ever learned country was Drink a Beer by uh, Luke Bryant. Uh <laughs> That's the first country song I ever learned. There was a story behind it that made me want to learn it. That was uh, such a connecting story behind that song. And uh, I looked at my mom, you know, I was like, hey, I want to learn. I, I want to play country. <laughs> uh, and she was like, okay, whatever, you know. And uh, it, was, it was Luke Bryant that turned me. It was that, It was just that song that, you know, just that song of his in the storytelling that turned me into country. And it was uh, the multiple songs after that that I found the stories showed just just as close to that the stories were even stronger well that's good stuff and uh well john wayne hatfield uh with no h check him out online check him out uh, all the socials and uh, upcoming tour dates looking forward to those and uh, hopefully you make it out uh, to the midwest u.s and uh, we'll get to see you face to face hey man that'd be awesome Well, thanks again for joining us for this 67th episode in Season 2 of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, a question, anything else you'd like to know, you can hit me up on the contact page at gqwithcam.com. You can also find me on socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at gqwithcam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, visit the merch store. We've got hoodies, tumblers, shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. That's gqwithcam.com forward slash shop. And if you have a special guest idea, email me gqwithcam at gmail.com. Thanks again to our good friend Brandon Allen for coming up with our theme music. We're going to let him play us out and hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. Thursday.